You can turn to, scroll to, flip to, press the book of Ecclesiastes. We're going to be starting there. Certainly not going to end there, but we're going to start there at the book of Ecclesiastes. That's in the middle of your Bible. We are here and we're so excited to be here with you. By the way, if you are new to church, never been to church before, maybe coming in from a different religious background or no background at all, maybe you're just curious and you're just kind of interested in what church is all about. Maybe it's been decades since you last had anything to do with the church. We are so thrilled that you're here and we hope that you find that Thrive is a safe place for you a place where you can find some hope and some encouragement to help you start this brand new week. And if we can do anything for you at all, if we can answer any questions you may have, you can always email us at info at thrivechurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you. Well, we are so excited because we are starting a brand new series today. It is called The Art of Healthy Relating. This is a series about relationships, how to have healthy relationships. We're looking at keys to experiencing a new horizon in your relationships. And for a little bit more on that and just a fun introduction to this series called The Art of Healthy Relating, let's check out this video right now. Welcome to Three Second Masterpiece, the game show where you have three seconds to draw one artistic masterpiece. Today's subject is a common issue many people face in relationships, resolving conflict. Now, let's meet today's artist. Artist number one, it's JB. Artist number two, meet Charlene. Artists, ready? Set, draw, resolving conflict! Three, two, one, time's up! Let's see those masterpieces! Wow, oh my goodness! That's really cool. A lot of action going on here. Can you explain what's going on here? Well, these are, you know, like fire fumes because they're in a conflict, but then it eventually leads to hearts because they've resolved it. I see. What is okay. this? Is that a is that a uh, cotton candy? Okay, so this is this is me being very upset. This is you uh, giving me a bouquet of flowers to resolve. I'm okay, well, maybe it's the other way around. I'm not really sure, but that, that's 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 resolving conflict. Skillful sketches. Now it's time for our three-second announcement. This Sunday here at Thrive Church, we are starting a brand new series on relationships and it's called The Art of Healthy Relating. If you could use some help when it comes to relationships, help in relating to the one that you love, then this series is for you. And so we can't wait to see you on Sunday at 9.30 or 11.30 a.m. on Thrive Church Online. That's right, you go to thrivechurch.ca. We can't wait to see you there this coming Sunday. See you there, everybody. Catch you next time on Three Second Masterpiece! All right, can we give God a big hand for that? <laughs> a big thank you to our media team for putting that together. We love that. And here, in case you missed it, these are the two pieces of art that my wife Charlene and I put together during Three Second Masterpiece. It was a little bit more than three seconds, but it was pretty much close to that. Uh, but here you go. Uh, as you can see, this is, uh, you know, Two beautiful pieces of art, isn't that right? No, don't look at that right there. Look at that. Look at that. You can tell it's obvious. Uh, it goes without saying that it was, you know, our artistic skills that drew us together, Pastor Charlene and me. I'm totally kidding. Some of you who are actually artists, you're like, oh my goodness, that is such a mess. Uh, but the fact is this, uh, you know, we know exactly where we're going to be putting these in our home, uh, straight in the recycling bin, <laughs> because uh, these are not very good at all. But that said, we are so thrilled that you're here for a brand new series here at Thrive. It is called The Art of 
of healthy relating. And in this series, what we're doing is this, is that whether you find that right now your relationships are a mess, a masterpiece, or somewhere in between, we hope you find this series helpful as we look at the art of healthy relating. And see, in this series, we're looking at keys to experiencing a new horizon in your relationships. Now, you might be asking, well, why are we doing a series on relationships now? Well, let me tell you why. It's because during this pandemic that has affected our world, every single one of us, it's not just people who are getting sick and in some cases dying. In this pandemic, relationships are getting sick and in some cases dying as well. And this is happening not just in Canada, but all over the world. Last year, there was a study, a national study across Canada that reported that since the pandemic began, that almost 5 million Canadians experienced a relationship breakup of some kind. 5 million Canadians experienced a breakup of some sort. That's a lot of breakups. That's, I've had enough, I've had enough, I've had enough. It's over, it's over, it's over. 5 million times. You know, and they say this is that approximately 900,000 Canadians, that's almost a million Canadians reported getting a divorce during the pandemic. And that even more reported going through some kind of separation from their partner. In another study, they studied Canadians aged 18 to 24. And they found that one out of every four Canadians aged 18 to 24 have reported going through some kind of breakup since the start of the pandemic. And that number is just a little bit lower for people aged 24 to 64. And in fact, researchers have found that divorce and separation rates have at least doubled since the pandemic began. And the question is, why? See, during the pandemic, people have been facing pressures that they didn't face before. There's maybe new financial pressures that they're going through. There may be, you know, because of restrictions on seeing the people they want to see and doing the things that they want to do, there's extra pressure there. You know, people's routines have been flipped upside down and completely disrupted. Uh, you know, we've been disconnected from community, which puts more pressure on the primary relationship in your life. You know, a lot of people are living in cramped spaces, and so people are feeling cabin fever and claustrophobia, like, oh, Oh, I can't get out of here. Can I get out of here? I'm stuck with this person all day. There's also the pressure for you who have young kids of caring for your kids at the same time trying to work from home. Now, did these pressures cause the problems in the marriage, the relationship, or did they simply reflect them and reveal them? That's a question to be asking. But here's the thing. There's no question that during this pandemic, people are under a lot of pressure and relationships are under pressure as well. Kieran Newman, she writes for the University of California, Berkeley, and she writes it this way. She says, how can we hope to support a partner over so many months when we're facing the same stress ourselves? How can we cultivate joy and intimacy when we seem to have both too much and too little time together? That's what we're talking about in this series called The Art of Healthy Relating. When you're under stress, how can you have healthy relationships nonetheless? You know, last year in May, in the middle of the pandemic, there was another poll that was done of people in the, the province of British Columbia, just British Columbians. And they found this, is that over 50% of British Columbians are spending more time with their partner than they were before the pandemic, very likely at home. 50% of people are spending more time with their spouse, their partner, like after or since the pandemic than before. They found that over 25% of them feel more irritable toward their partner than they were before the pandemic. They also found that 25% of them admit to having lost that romantic spark in their relationship. Now, 
here's the thing. Have you and your partner lost that romantic spark? Is there a relationship in your life that you find has really taken a turn for the worse since the pandemic began? How do you get it to a healthier place? That's what we're talking about in this series called The Art of Healthy Relating. There's a certain studies that found that over half of Canadians report that they have found a quarantine quirk about the partner that they are with. What is a quarantine quirk? A quarantine quirk is a habit that you notice about your partner that you really don't like. You can call it a pandemic pet peeve or a quarantine quirk. Do you know what the biggest quarantine quirks people complain about were? Uh, Let's start with the men. Among men, the most common quarantine quirks that men complained about in Canada were, number one, spending too much time shopping online. <laughs> yes, that's, don't point fingers. Please don't point fingers. Yes, and, and number one. Number two, uh, men complained about their partners. This quarantine quirk. Number two was wanting to spend too much time together. Oh, can we cuddle more, please? I got to go to work. Cuddle with me. No, oh, that, that's the second one. Number three, always seeing their partner in track pants. <laughs> When you turn to everyone and say, you actually look good in track pants. All right, you look good in track pants. But you want to know something? Those are the top three complaints from Canadian men. Do you want to know this? Is that Canadian women complain about the same things, just not as much as the men. <laughs> in, turn, in fact, the studies show that men have been complaining a lot more during the pandemic than women have. But unfortunately, women have been a lot more stressed than men have been on the whole, generally speaking, as, they, as some research has been saying. And the thing is this, all this to show, it's not just people who are getting sick and in some cases dying, but relationships are getting sick and in some cases dying as well during this pandemic. And so if you are struggling right now in a relationship that you care about, then guess what? You are not alone. And here at Thrive, we want to see people in our church family, people in our city, people in our community, people all around. We want to see them healthy. Amen? Not just physically healthy, but we want to see people emotionally healthy. We want to see people spiritually healthy. We want to see people relationally healthy. And that's why we couldn't think of a more needed time to do this series called The Art of Healthy Relating. And see, this series is not just for married couples, although we will be talking quite a bit about marriage because it tends to be one of the more complicated of relationships that there is. But this is also for those of you who just want to have healthier relationships at home, who want healthier relationships with the people that you love. We hope you find this series helpful. And if you have any questions on this topic about relationships that you wish to ask us during this series, we would invite you to send in your questions. You can do so on a no-names basis. You can go to mythrob.info and you can touch the button that invites you to give, you, give us the question, or you can text us at 604-285-5770. We want to be you know, scratching where you might be itching in terms of questions, and so feel free to send your questions. We'd love to hear from you. Now, at the same time, is this. If you find that you are really struggling in a relationship right now, then I want to encourage you not to remain anonymous and not to remain silent. And don't just face it alone. Get some help. If you're struggling in a relationship right now, can I encourage you that you want to find someone safe that you can talk this out with? Maybe it's a counselor. Maybe it's a friend. But someone safe that you can talk to about the struggle. You don't need to go through this alone. Turn your name and say, you are not alone. You are not alone. And oftentimes I find this is that the mistake people often make is that they deal with the relationship that is sick too late. And as a result, you know, a lot more unnecessary problems come because they dealt with it later than earlier. It's always better to deal with it earlier. Here's a question for you today. Is there a relationship in your life that you find has suffered during the pandemic? Which relationship is it? Is it with your spouse? 
Is it with your boyfriend, your girlfriend? Is it with your parents? Is it with your kids? Is it with your, your sibling? See, if there's one relationship right now that you wish you could heal, which one could it be? See, don't you wish that healing a relationship could be as easy as swallowing a pill or taking a, a jab or praying a prayer? Unfortunately, there isn't a pill you can eat or a vaccine you can take or even a prayer that you can pray that will instantly change everything for the better, that will instantly remove all your relationship problems. But God has given us something precious and powerful that can breathe life, hope, wisdom, and purpose back into our relationships. It's called his word. It's the Bible. And that's what we're looking at in this series called The Art of Healthy Relating, is that we're looking at what the Bible has to say about healthy relationships. Because you're going to find this, the greatest relationship manual there is, is the Bible itself. And today, we're going to start on the series called The Art of Healthy Relating, and we're going to be unpacking different keys to helping you experience new horizons in your relationships. And so we hope you don't join us, not just today, but come, and come back and join us for every week of this series as we look at The Art of Healthy Relating. Are you guys ready? Let's get into it right now. This is the art of healthy relating episode one. See, I want to share with you the first key that we're going to cover when it comes to having healthier relationships. And that key is this. It's called the importance of intentionality. The importance of intentionality. See, what do we mean when we say intentionality? What does it mean to be intentional when it comes to our relationships? Here's a little definition that you can write down today. To be intentional in a relationship means to do things on purpose for the health, benefit, and building of that relationship. It's the idea that you're going to do things on purpose to help the relationship grow, to build that relationship up, to love and bless that other person so that that relationship can be healthy and strong. It's about being intentional. And if there's one thing that I've learned about relationships during the pandemic, it's the importance of being intentional. Is that if we want our relationships to be healthy and to last, we need to be intentional. See, a lot of us, I think, can probably think of a relationship, a friendship that has gotten more distant during the pandemic. Can you think of one? And so you maybe thought that you and that person were really close and no matter what, you guys would be super close, but because maybe neither one of you took the time to really be intentional about the relationship, because maybe neither one of you took the time to really invest in the relationship and be creative in the pandemic with this relationship. As a result, you've kind of drifted apart and you're not as close as you used to be. And it, you know, it might be just one of those things where you realize now that part of the reason why this relationship was so strong before was because of circumstances beyond your control, where you just happen to bump into each other a lot. You know, when you see each other at school or you know, when you're at a family gathering and because we're doing less of that now because it's harder to see people and we don't really bump into each other as much anymore, the relationships take a toll as a result. And see, it means that we need to be that much more intentional about keeping relationships close and strong. And see, maybe you're here and you're you know, trying to date during the pandemic and you realize, man, this is tough because it means I have to be that much more intentional now because you, know, you can't just really, you, you can't really just like dance up to someone spontaneously and go, hey, how's it going? You know, they're, they're, if you dance towards someone, they're going to dance away from you and they're like, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you have. Now you have to be absolutely intentional when it comes to dating. You know, Hello, my name is this. This is what I'm looking for. This is why I like you. Can we do some date on Zoom, please. Right? We have to be so much more intentional and upfront about what we're looking for, what we want, and why. And see, it's about intentionality. See, here's a question for you today. How intentional are you 
when it comes to your relationships? Is there a relationship in your life today that you find is not doing as well as you'd like? You might say, oh, it's because of a lack of compatibility. You might say, oh, it's because we lack chemistry. Oh, it's because of our circumstances. Or it's because our personalities clash. But I'm going to submit to you today that maybe, just maybe, the reason why the relationship is not as strong as it could be or should be is because of a lack of intentionality. And see, we're talking about the importance of being intentional today. Look at Ecclesiastes 10, verse 18 with me right now. Would you read with me in a big, loud voice? What does it say? It says, laziness leads to a sagging roof. Idleness leads to a leaky house. See, what is it saying? It's saying that we need to be intentional about how we keep up our home. Because if we're lazy, things are going to sag. If we're idle, things are going to leak. Have you ever had you know, relationships that kind of leak? Love leaks? Peace leaks, you know, gentleness leaks, respect leaks, is that if we're not intentional about those things, those things will end up leaking without us even knowing it. And see, this verse, Ecclesiastes 10, 18, is talking about the importance of being intentional. And when it comes to our relationships, it is so important that we do that, is that you can't just do nothing and expect a relationship to be good. It takes intentionality. And here I find this, is that the more intentional you are in a relationship, the more you give that relationship a chance to grow. And when we're not intentional about our relationships, that's when those relationships can be taken for granted and start to suffer. Proverbs 28, 19 says it this way. It says, for whoever works their land will have abundant food, but the one who chases fantasies will have their fill of poverty. What does that mean? It says this, is that whoever works their land will have abundant food. In other words, if you will work at what God has given to you, if you will not take those relationships for granted, but you will work at them, you will cherish them, you will, you will make the most of them, you will be intentional about them, you will have an abundance. But if you're just kind of chasing, oh, what if that, what if this, oh, this person looks good, this but, yeah, but you kind of take for granted the people that God has already given you, guess what? You're not going to have very much at all. The lesson from Proverbs 28, 19 is that relationships take work. And see, they often say, oh, the grass is always greener on the other side. Have you heard that before? Oh, the grass is always greener on the other side. It's always better with that person. It's always better with that company. It's always better with that city. Can I tell you this? That is a myth. The truth is the grass is greener wherever you water it. Wherever you water the grass, that's where the grass is going to be greenest. Oh, but JB, I don't feel like working on this relationship. I'm so tired of trying to do so. Let me tell you this. Part of maturing in love and becoming more like Jesus is realizing that feelings are not the be-all and end-all of love. That love is as much about our choices, our character, and our commitment as it is about our feelings. And when we first fall in love with someone, everything's so easy, isn't it? When we first fall in love, everything's so effortless. Is that, you know, our feelings drive us to want to do things for that person and spend time with that person and think about that person. Our feelings just drive us to naturally want to do those things. But then something happens once you're in the relationship. Over time, we take the other person for granted. Over time, we get used to that person. We used to be so respectful and, and so considerate of them, but over time, it becomes old hat, you know, same old, and we stop to be as respectful. We stop to be as intentional, and we don't feel the excitement as much anymore. And now, part of growing up in our relationships, part of growing in love, is learning that it's not about relying on the feelings in order to be intentional. It's about learning to be intentional and finding the feelings follow our intention. Amen. 
And see, for example, have you you know, written a card to someone and you weren't really thinking about that person before, but the more you write that card, the more you start thinking about them and the more you realize, man, I'm so lucky to have this person in my life. What happened? That person didn't change. Your circumstances didn't change. What changed was your intention. What changed was that you decided, I'm gonna be intentional about loving and blessing this person and the feelings came after that. That can happen in church as well. You might not feel like coming to church. You might not feel like singing praise to God, but when you start to make the choice, say, God, regardless of how I feel, I'm just gonna worship you. I'm not gonna focus on my feeling. I'm gonna focus on the one who's worthy of my love. And I'm just gonna love you, God, in this moment. Very often what I find when I do that is I make the choice to worship and the feeling comes after. See, that's what happens. That's the difference between immature love and mature love. Immature love is about feelings going first and then the intention. Mature love is I have the intention and my feelings come after. And see, it goes hand in hand, feelings and intention. And since intentionality is so important, I just want to end today by sharing with you three areas where we especially want to be intentional when it comes to our relationships. Three areas. Now, the challenge for me today is that each of these areas is a sermon by itself. If I were to unpack all this, we'd be here for the next three, four hours, but we're not going to do that. We're going to end on time. We're going to you know, try to be succinct about this. And so I'm just going to touch lightly on these three areas today. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at each of these areas in a bit more detail, unpacking different ways that we can be intentional in our relationships. But here's the first area where we can be intentional. Write this down. Number one, be intentional about making time and space for yourself. Now, you like, what, Jamie? Like, this is a relationship series. Now you're talking about self-isolation? Like, this is a relationship series. You want to talk about now me making time for myself? What are you talking about? See, let me tell you this. The quality of your relationships will very much depend on how well you take care of yourself. Do you know that? It's because you are a big part of that relationship. And if you are not taking good care of you, it's going to affect the relationship. Oh, but JB, doesn't Jesus say that if we want to follow him, we need to deny ourselves? Have you heard that before? If anyone would follow after me, he must deny himself, take up the cross and follow after me. See, that, that's what Jesus says. Yes, but you got to understand what Jesus says. See, when Jesus says, deny yourself, he's saying, let the driving force of your life be to live and serve God. To, to live not for yourself, but to live for God, to live your life for as long as you have to serve God and to serve others. But if you want to do that effectively for the long term, guess what? You need to take good care of yourself. Amen? Otherwise, you're going to burn out. Jesus is the best example of that. Jesus was intentional about making time and space for himself. Look at Luke chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. What does it say? It says, Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. See, what's going on? Jesus is as busy as they get. He is inundated with demands and requests, people pleading for his help. He's got people, crowds, crowding after him, looking for help from him. Jesus could not be busier. And it's in the middle of his business that Jesus would often withdraw to lonely places and pray. What is Jesus doing? He's making time and space for himself. It's because Jesus understood this principle, is that if you want to have something to give to others, if you want your relationships to be healthy, you need to take good care of yourself. If you believe that, say amen. And see, maybe you spend most of your time taking care of others, taking care of kids, taking care of parents, taking care of siblings. You need to understand this, is that you need to take time and space for yourself to be refreshed, to recharge, to be rejuvenated, to be renewed so that you can go back and be at your most effective. Now, don't misunderstand me here today. 
Don't treat this message as a license for you to now live this totally self-centered, self-consumed life where it's all about you, 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 you leave your family and you just go on your own vacation for months. You don't tell anybody about it. You're just kind of, oh, this is about me. You know, Pastor JB said, take time and space for me. No, don't do it that way. See, this is the thing is that you, part of taking good care of your relationships is taking good care of yourself so that you can be a better lover of people, so that you can be a better spouse, so that you can be a better parent, so that you can be a better person to live with and to work with. Here's a question for you today. How often do you take time and space for yourself? How often do you let your partner do the same if you're married today? How often do you let them have their time and space? Or are you always insistent on them being with you and, and them being busy with all those things? Say you're married with young kids and both you and your spouse, you both are exhausted. You're both busy. You're both self like, sleep deprived and, and you feel like there's, there's no end to the work that you need to do. And no matter how much you give, it feels like there's never enough. And, and, you, you, know, and you know you need rest, but the problem is you feel like whatever time you take for yourself, your spouse is gonna pay for it. And then you're gonna pay for it because they're gonna make you pay for it. And you're like, oh man, I don't wanna do that. And, and see, you know, Pastor Shar and I, we understand your situation because we're, we're right and we got young kids. And it's one of those things where we, we sometimes feel the, the pressure of that as well. What do you do then? If that's your situation today, can I encourage you to talk it out with your partner. Talk it out with your, with your spouse. Make sure that you both understand each other's need for rest and time and space to yourselves. And you come to a solution that works for the both of you. Amen. Last year, Charlene and I, we planned a vacation that was supposed to be for this month in January, 2022. We we're planning on taking our boys uh, to somewhere warm and sunny originally, but you know, because of restrictions, because of COVID, we're like, we don't want to go anywhere too far away. And so, what we said and said, said and said instead, is that we're going to go to Whistler, and my my, my sons and 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 my wife, they're going to learn to ski. And you know, there's a reason why we plan it for this time. Of course, the kids are off school. And for me, I find that January is when I especially need a vacation. <laughs> you know, Christmas, Christmas is one of our playoff times here at five. And so it's like, when, by, by, by the time we get to January, I'm like, oh man, I'm, I'm feeling the need for vacation. And you know, I was pretty exhausted. Charlene, of course, is quite exhausted as well. And as the days were getting closer to our Whistler ski vacation thing, Charlene, she said to me, you know what? Why, JB, don't you just take this next three days just to yourself? And we weren't, we weren't arguing. We weren't, it wasn't anything like that. But it was just like, you know, she knew how exhausted I was. She was like, you know what? Why don't you just take this time by yourself to just stay at home, uh, you know, be at home by yourself. And then I'll take the boys with, uh, you know, a couple family members. And we're going to go to, uh, you know, we're going to go to Whistler ourselves. How does that sound? And you know what? At first I was like, no, no, no. This is a family vacation. We got to do that. We got to be together. We got to be together. And I, I resisted for a while. But finally I was like, you know what? There's actually, that, that actually makes kind of some sense. And so at the end, as we're leading, heading up to the vacation, you know, I, I was like, okay, you know what? Let's do it. You go with the boys and I'll stay home. And guess what? The first half hour after they left, I was like, it is weird how quiet it is. This is so quiet. I'm like, I'm, I'm used to, you know, so much noise going on in the house that my head is about to explode. And, and it's one of those where you know, I can't really work. I can't really focus on anything. And oh my goodness, it's like, it is so quiet. I can do stuff without being interrupted. I can sleep in. Oh my goodness. This is so good. Now, don't get me wrong. I love my family. I love my family to bits. I, I've got them and I've got you guys. That's basically all I've got. I've got Jesus as well, praise God. But yeah, this, this, that's my life. It's like, it's, it's 
you guys, it's them. And it's, and it's one of those things where I love them with all my heart. But man, I cannot deny the fact that when I had that time on my own, that time and space myself, oh, it was so good. Oh my goodness. Oh man, and I, I, I can't remember being, uh, you know, that rested in the longest time. And when Charlene came back, obviously very tired with the kids, uh, I let her do something similar. Not exactly to that extent. She, she, she was a lot better than me than I was to her, but I, I let her sleep in for a couple days where I just took the kids early. And you know what? She was so happy as a result when she got space and time for herself. And you know what happened? Because both of us were full, our relationship was even fuller. Amen? It's the benefit of taking time and space for yourself. Now, don't treat what Charlene and I did as exactly what you should do. Book that trip to Whistler right now or whatever it is. Don't, don't, because every couple is unique. Your situations are unique. Your needs are unique, but find an arrangement that works for you. Dr. Paul Rosenblatt, He's a psychologist and a professor of family social science at the University of Minnesota. And you know, he's studied cabin fever among adults for most of his adult life. And this is what he writes. He writes that families and couples need a certain balance of togetherness and apartness. And being stuck indoors together is definitely a risk for really high levels of togetherness that might be hard for a lot of couples and families, even though they love each other. So what's it saying? It's saying something that Jesus was demonstrating 2,000 years before is the need to make time and space for yourself so that you have something to give to the relationship. Amen? How do you make time and space for yourself and and do it in an effective way? We're going to talk about that in the weeks to come. But that's the first area where we can be more intentional in our relationships is make time and space for yourself. Turn around and say, I think I need some space. (laughs) I think I need some space. That's the first area. Let's look at the second area where we need to be intentional. Number two, write this down. Be intentional about making meaningful connections with your loved one. Be intentional about making meaningful connections with your loved one, you know, especially during the pandemic when a lot of people are working from home and they're all together all the time. It's like, oh yeah, we're, we're always together. We're just always together. But the question is, is it meaningful time together? A lot of times we're so together that we miss it. We, we, we take it for granted. We don't even appreciate it. We're, we're just kind of together all the time. And what I'm telling you today is if you want to be having healthy relationships, you want to make the most out of every opportunity to have meaningful connections with your loved one. How do you do that? We're going to be unpacking that in the weeks to come, but let me just give you one suggestion today. If you want to be intentional about making meaningful connections with your loved one, then do this. Plan ahead and set aside time for your most important relationships regularly. Plan ahead and set aside time for that relationship. Don't just kind of, oh yeah, we'll do it when, it, when we have time. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll get to it someday. You know, when there's time, we'll do it. No, you want to plan ahead and you want to set it aside. You want to prioritize it and protect that time together. You know, for those of you who are parents with young kids and you have the privilege and the gift of having your parents still with you to help with the kids, man, isn't that a blessing? That is a huge blessing. And, you know, every week, Pastor Shar and I, we, uh, praise God, we've got both sets of parents with us still. We're very blessed in that way. And both of them are amazing, amazing help to us. And, uh, you, know, you know, once a week, we will send my kids to my parents' place. And we'll be there too. I might be taking a nap. Uh, Charlene might be taking a nap. While the kids are playing with the grandkids, they love, the grandparents, they love that. They, they, they all enjoy that. But how many know that when, when, when kids come into the picture, very often the parents of these young kids and the grandparents of these grandkids, they can sometimes miss each other because it's all about the kids. 
You know what I mean? Is that where it's, so, it's all focused on the kids that they forget the relationship that was before the kids were there. You know, and, and, you know, I found that that was kind of happening in my relationship with, with, uh, with my mom. I found that, you know, we drop them off at my, my parents' place and then they would play with uh, our, our kids while I'm napping and then we'd just get up and we'd just leave after that and we'd say, thanks, see you soon. And that happened for months. And once I, I got into a, a bit of a tense uh, conversation with my mom, where, uh, you know, I guess a bit of a misunderstanding, I, I, like, and, and, and it was one of those things where, I remember her, 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 her saying it very specifically, she said, you know, we never have a chance to talk anymore. We never have a chance to talk anymore. And it's, like, it's weird, because we see each other all the time, and yet we never had a chance to talk. And, and it was like, you know, you're right. And it made me think, you know, how intentional have I been about my relationship with my mom? And I realized that I hadn't been. I realized that if anything, I'd maybe taken her and her, this relationship for granted. I'd just kind of treat her almost like a babysitter. Oh, thanks for taking care of our kids. But then I forgot that, you know what? There's some relationship there between me and my mom that I need to be caring about as well. And you, know, you guys have heard of languages of love, right? Dr. Gary Chapman, many, many years ago, he coined that idea that, you know, that every person has a favorite way of giving and receiving love. You know, there's five different love languages. There's words of affirmation, you know, speaking encouraging, affirming words to the other person. There's you know, gifts. You know, people, you know, it's not just the, how much money you spend on it, but like the, the thought you put into the gift. Uh, there's uh, you know, acts of service, doing something nice for the other person, you know, washing their car, or, you know, or like you know, babysitting, or, or you know, running an errand for them doing a chore for them. There's also quality time. Just not, not necessarily doing anything that, that super, super special, but just time together means a lot. You know, and then finally, uh, what's, what's the last one? What's the last one? Physical touch. Is the, you know, hugs, you know, pat on the back. And you know, we all have our own dominant love language, a language by which we love to give love and receive love. Uh, and I actually, you know, just so I, I know you're listening, would you, would you just in the chat room right now, would you just write down what is your language of love in terms of what you like to receive? Okay, you'd be a little bit selfish right now. What, what is, in terms of how you like to receive love, what's your love language? Is it words of affirmation? Is it gifts? Is it physical touch? Is it acts of service? Is it quality time? Which one is it for you? Well, right, while you're thinking about yours, let me tell you what my mom's is. When it comes to my mom, when, when her love language in terms of giving, she loves to serve. She's one of the best that I know at that. She's so good at serving other people. But when it comes to receiving, I think, I think, I don't know this for sure, but I, I suspect that her love language is quality time. And, you know, that's why, you know, for her, it's like, you know, we never have a chance to talk anymore. She, she values that time together. And when I realized that I had not been very intentional in that relationship, I said, you know what, I, I, gotta, I gotta change this. And so I decided that on one other day in the week, on a day when we're not sending the kids over, that I'm gonna try to do something different. I'm gonna go over and see my mom, just the two of us. And, uh, you know, we, and we'll just talk. And it might just be for 15, 20 minutes. I might bring my lunch. I might bring something for her. But we'll, we'll, just, we'll just eat or maybe not eat, but we'll just talk. And, you know, and we'll take a selfie together, you know? And, and if I can't be there uh, in person, I'll call her. And, and what, what, uh, what happened is that all of a sudden, when we start to make this priority and we protect and set aside and, and plan ahead this time, all of a sudden, it's like our relationship took on a new dimension and it reached a new horizon. And I don't know about her, but I look forward to that time every single week. And I think it's made a difference in our relationship. Why do I mention that? It's because if you want to have a healthier relationship with that loved one in your life, don't just rely on, oh, I'll see you when I see you. Or yeah, when we have time, we'll do it. But be intentional. Speak their language of love and plan ahead. Set aside that time for that relationship. It's not about being legalistic. It's about being intentional.
And if you don't plan ahead and set aside that time together, you may find that days, weeks, months, even years will go by where you're just constantly missing each other. You're like these two ships that are passing in the night. You're like these two trains that are going your own directions and you're never really connecting. And you'll be, oh yeah, we're family, but we don't really see each other. Yeah, we're friends, but we don't really know each other. And and see, in the long run, you're going to find this. In the long run, strong and close relationships don't just happen. You plan for it. You know, so you, no matter how well you hit it off at the beginning, if you want it to continue to be strong and close, you need to plan for that. Proverbs 21 verse five says this, says good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Here's a question for you today, talking about being intentional. When it comes to the most important relationships in your life, how much time do you plan ahead and set aside for that relationship or those relationships? What is one relationship even where you think it would be really a good thing for you to plan ahead and set aside time to protect that relationship and to grow it and to be intentional? Hebrews 10.25 says it this way. It says, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. You know, that's one way that we can start to make meaningful connections with one another, plan ahead, set aside time together. We're gonna talk about other ways that we can make meaningful connections together during the series, but that's just one. And speaking of that, if you're kind of like, oh, but what are we gonna do? You know, I'm not really, I'm not that really creative of a person. What do I do? Well, let me tell you this. I, I wanna thank our staff and our volunteers for creating something I'm going to show you right now. Uh, they've called it our, we call it our cabin fever bingo challenge. And uh, you know how churches back in the day would they have bingo halls, they played bingo. That kind of, we, we don't do that here at Thrive, but we're going to do something that's kind of like bingo where it's a cabin fever challenge. It's a crush cabin fever challenge where what you're going to do is, and you can do this with your kids, you can do this with your loved one, uh, you can do this uh, you know, as friends, you can do this as a small group, but basically it's that we're going to encourage you to try to do at least five activities together over the course of, say, the next two, three months And we're going to encourage you to try to do an activity under each of these words or letters, C-A-B-I-N. C stands for caring for the community. Do something that's going to benefit the community, you know, that's going to help someone that's uh, other than yourselves. A stands for activities to have fun together, just something to do pure fun about. B stands for build a skill together. Learn something that you can do together. I stands for interests and hobbies. Do something together that one of you already enjoys. And then N is new things to try. Try something new together. And if you're really still not sure, there is, if you go to our Thrive Facebook community group and you log in there, you sign up for that, you can get this Cabin Fever Challenge sheet for free. Uh, you just download that. There's also a list of different ideas under each of those letters, C-A-B-I-N, for you to try with your loved one. Admittedly, it's you know, geared quite, quite a lot toward how, if you have young kids, but you can also do this with your friends, your spouse, your partner, your boyfriend, your girlfriend. You do that with your small group and it's all about just making meaningful connections together. And if you will do those things and you get bingo five in a row, then we encourage you to send that in. We're going to enter your name for a draw to get an Amazon gift card, $50, all right? So if you're not going to do it for the relationship, do it for the shopping, all right? What, you know, either way, use them for the shopping, all right? Uh, and so we just, it's all about wanting to encourage everyone here to have meaningful connections with the people in their lives. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Can we thank our volunteers, by the way, for that? Isn't that awesome? Praise God. 
That is fantastic. It's all about being on our way to healthy relationships. Number three, and we're going to close. A third area where we will especially want to be intentional in our relationships, write this down, be intentional about sharing the load together. How many know that close relationships take work? It's one of the big themes of our message today is that you can't just take it for granted. You need to make it work. And see, managing a home takes work. It's hard work. And if you leave it to the other person to do all the work in that relationship, or you leave it to the other person to do all the work of managing that home, then guess what's going to happen? Distance is going to happen. Loneliness is going to happen. Resentment is going to happen. And you don't want those things in your closest relationships. Instead, you want to be intentional about sharing the load. Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9 to 12 says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Now, we can probably get into a little bit more about a cord of three strands. What does that mean? But what is it saying is that God gave us one another to share the load. Not for one to do all the work and the other one watches and sits by, but God gave us one another to share the load. And see, what does it look like to share the load? Since relationships are hard work, since running a home is hard work, what does it look like to share the load? Let me give you three ways that you can share the load. Sometimes sharing the load just means asking the other person how they're doing. You ask, you know, how are you? Not just, hey, how's it going? But how are you? You know, how are you holding up under the, the stress and the pressure of this past week or this past day? You, you really kind of ask them not to ask, but to ask to understand where they're coming. Don't just assume they're fine and there's nothing wrong because they don't say anything. Go ahead, share their load by asking. Ask them how they're doing. That's one way to share the load. Another way to share the load, sometimes sharing the load means listening to the person and just letting them talk. Let them express their feelings without any fear that they're going to be judged, that they're going to be dismissed, that they're going to be rejected, that they're going to be ashamed or they're going to be argued with. You just let them talk and you listen. That's one way you can help them share the load. It's the ministry of listening, which we're going to talk about a little bit more in this series later on. But it's the idea that you, you give them a safe space where they can express their emotions knowing it's okay to express your emotions. Amen? That's part of sharing the load. Third, sometimes sharing the load means coming up with a solution together. Is that say, you know, things are really stressful right now. You'll see, okay, is there anything we can do to make things better? How can we adjust our schedules and adjust our responsibilities so that it's not so hard for you or that it works for both of us? See, whether it's asking the right questions or listening well or coming up with a creative solution together, share the load by communicating about these things. Galatians 6 verse 2 says, carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. See, maybe you find it especially tough right now to share the load with anyone. Maybe it's because you lost someone. For reasons beyond your control, they are not with you anymore. Maybe it's just a very special season where the people that would otherwise be there to share the load, they're just not available right now. And so you're taking on a heavier load right now. Can I tell you today that if you're in that place, let me tell you, there is someone who is waiting, willing, and wanting to help you carry your load. And see, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7 says this. It says, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up 
in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, God cares for you. God cares for you. God cares for you. If you feel like there's no one who cares for you, God cares for you. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And see, if there's no one else in your life that you feel you can count on right now, if there's no one else you feel is there to share your load, Jesus is here to help you with your load. Jesus is here to help you relieve the stress, to relieve the burden, and to show that these words we've just read are not just words, but they're promises that you can count on. Jesus did two things that no one else has done. First off, when we were separated from God because of our sins and had no way of reaching him, when we, each one of us had gone our own way and distanced ourselves from God, such that we had no way of going back ourselves. God sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins so that we could have a way back to God, so that we could be forgiven of our sins, so that that gap that we created between us and God could be bridged again through the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus died on the cross, not because he sinned, but because we had sinned. So he died so that we could be forgiven, so that our debt could be paid. Jesus did something that no one else has ever done. He died for your sins. That's the one thing he did. There's a second thing that he did. Is not only did Jesus die on the cross for his sins, but on the third day after he was buried, he rose again. Just as the scriptures predicted, just as Jesus himself prophesied, he rose again from the grave to show that Jesus is not just any ordinary human being, but Jesus is the son of God and he's stronger than death itself. And so to prove that you have a friend you can count on, who can share the load with you, to show that you have someone that you can count on even though others have left. You have Jesus Christ who died on the cross and rose again from the Can you give Jesus a big hand and a big shout in this place together right now? Come on. Jesus came to take the load off of us, the load of our sin, the load of our guilt, the load of our shame, the load of our worry, the load of our anxiety. That's why it says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Turn to him and say, God cares for you. God cares for you. And so can I encourage you, even this moment when you feel like there's not a whole lot of people around you and maybe fewer people that you can count on, I wanna encourage you to give your burdens to God today because he loves you, he cares for you. And I believe that if you would humble yourself, surrender to him, that he will give you everything you need for this season and help you experience a new horizon when it comes to your relationships. You know, healthy relationships all begin with our relationship with God. And if you have a tough time saying that you have a relationship with God, then this next part is for you, is that for those who are new to church, you're kind of wondering, what is my next step here? Can I encourage you to take this next step, which is probably the most important step that you can take, is I encourage you to ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins. It's one thing to know that Jesus died on the cross for you, but it's another thing to accept that gift that he made possible on the cross. And so if that's you, you realize you've never done that before, I wanna encourage you to do that today. It's as simple as praying a prayer. It doesn't cost you anything. It's a gift that God makes available to you. And if you know, you, re you realize you need God's forgiveness today, I wanna encourage you to click that link that's in your chat room or scan the QR code that's on your screen. 
And it's going to take you to a page with a prayer on it, a very simple prayer that you can pray to ask Jesus for his forgiveness and to invite him into your life to be your king and your savior. And if you want to do that, I encourage you to click that link right now. Scan that QR code right now. He is our burden lifter. And such, such that, so that you're not doing it on your own, I'm going to pray this prayer with you. And in fact, I want to encourage all of you who've prayed this prayer before to pray it with those who are praying for the first time. Go ahead and click that link, scan that QR code. And we're going to pray this prayer together right now with those who are praying for the first time. Would you pray this with me right now? You know, would you just even lift a hand to God as an expression of how much you need him today? And just pray this with me right now. Say, dear Jesus, thank you that because you love me, you died on the cross to pay for my sins. You rose again to give me life. Today, I open up my heart and I ask you, please forgive me of my sins and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I place my trust not in what I do, but in what you've done for me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer and you meant that prayer, then guess what? According to the Bible, you are forgiven of your sins. You are a child of God. You are a citizen of heaven. And now you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ that isn't one based on what you did, but it's one based on what Jesus Christ did on the cross for you. And it's with that in mind that we can want to congratulate you. And in fact, can we give all of our friends who prayed that prayer just now a big hand? Praise God. Oh, come on, team. Give God all our praise right now. Woo! And um, if you would go and scroll down to the bottom of that page that you prayed that prayer on, there's some gifts that we want to give to you. On top of that, we encourage you to keep coming to church. Every baby needs a family to grow up, and we'd love to be your spiritual family here at Thrive. And on top of that, we encourage you to get baptized. Baptism is not a graduation. Baptism is a beginning. It's simply saying, yes, I've taken that simple step of asking Jesus Christ into my life to forgive my sins and to be my Savior. And if that's you, just pray that prayer now. Right now, we'd love to help you with baptism. You can go to mythrive.info and press the baptism button for more information on baptism. Praise God. Congratulations. Hello everyone! Welcome to Thrive Church. My name is Kathy and it's so great to be here with you guys today virtually from wherever it is you're watching. I hope you guys are staying safe and healthy. Before I let you guys go, I have a few announcements for you. If it's your first time here, we would love to get to know you better, so please text NEW to 604-285-5770 or visit mythrive.info and we will mail you your very own Thrive Stainless Steel Water Bottle. If you prayed the prayer with Pastor JB earlier to receive Jesus Christ in your life today, congratulations, we have a gift package for you and we'll send you a series of videos that will help answer some questions about Christianity. Please text BELIEVE to 604-285-5770 or visit mythrive.info. If you've taken Thrive Discipleship School TDS 1 and TDS 2 and would like to learn more about how God created you and how you can use your ability to serve God and build His church, I invite you to join TDS Level 3. TDS 3 is a six-week course, fully online and easily accessible. Today is the registration deadline, so you don't want to miss out. To learn more about it and to sign up, please visit mythrive.info. It is important for us to stay connected, especially during COVID. Small Group is a place where you can meet regularly through Zoom, share with one another, pray, and have fun. Sign up on mythrive.info. That's it for this week. I hope you all have a great day. Don't forget to give your tithes and offerings online at mythrive.info. I will see you all next week online at 9.30 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. Bye!